0: We are again, another Locked On NFL. I'm your co-host, Brian Peacock, alongside me, as always, here on the new format. We're so pumped for the 2019 season. Games are now upon us. I'll be breaking them down here with the scout, Matt Williamson. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the show. Everywhere you find podcasts, you can find this program and all the shows on the network. I also host Locked On 49ers. If you're a 49ers fan, uh, let your friends know that not only are we covering the entire NFL on Locked On NFL, each team specifically has their team covered here on the network. I am at BD Peacock on Twitter. Matt is at Williamson NFL. Matt, week one preseason in the books. We've got a lot to get into. Did you have some fun watching some real, semi-real actual football this weekend?
1: Yeah, I actually did. And I've been writing for Touchdown Wire now. I'll be pumping out a lot of articles for them. I recapped two of the three days um tomorrow or actually i think it'll probably be tuesday i'm gonna do a, a weekly segment for i don't know 10 to 12 players on the rise you know they put in good performances the, the you know, young guys whose stock is rising so that's something to look for too. i'm sure you and i will talk about some of those guys as well today and the rest of the week there are some buzz i'm really enjoying that but i just want to take a quick minute too and kind of pull back the curtain um, we're recording this Sunday, so you guys could get it as early as possible Monday, and kind of a crazy circumstance happened to me as I was driving to La Trobe to do my Steelers show this morning. I'm on from 1 to 3 on Sunday, was scheduled to be, got to campus, and was informed that Coach Drake, the Steelers wide receiver coach, passed away this morning, and campus was shut down, practice was canceled. So I turned around and came home, and I plan on, I guess I go. I'll go back tomorrow. But much more importantly, I mean, he was beloved, 62 years old, way too early. My condolences to him and the team that I'm closest to and all that. It's a crazy circumstance. So I'm sure people will be, have heard about it by now, and I don't know any other details other than that. But uh, real life kind of got in the way there for a little bit.
0: Yeah, real life stuff, absolutely. We're talking about preseason football takes a back seat when you hear something like that. And I don't think we have any other details other than that. But Daryl Drake passed away Sunday and uh, very sad circumstances. So thoughts definitely with uh, the Steelers family and the Drake family on that one. Let's see. We should get into, I think, we kind of teased it Thursday with Mike Sando. I think maybe a little bit of a storyline, which was fun. And I think the way it turned out made it even more fun as far as uh, games that kicked off the preseason schedule. Thursday was Giants and Jets. And Daniel Jones, perfect start to his career. And I think it's a, it's an emphatic way. And look, preseason game number one, everything's going to be turned on its head next week from what we saw this week. Probably that's how it goes. But it's a nice emphatic start for him to kind of shut up some critics to, to kick off his uh, NFL career and maybe just get a little pressure off his back to start, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, it's been... You know, and I'm part of the culprit here. There's been a lot of negativity around the draft pick of Jones. And, boy, they screwed up. And, hey, I mean, this guy's a talented player. Let's not write his story. Let's not dig his grave before the guy even throws a pass in the league. Um, So there is optimism around him. That's great. And I think he was 5-for-5, made some very nice throws. Um, I will say that I'm just being honest here that there were – predictable coverages and got him some not easy completions, but um, easier reads. Boom, it was there. He got it out of his hands, completed the ball. Great. I mean, it's a great step one towards going, you know, from taking over sooner than later. Sounds like he's not pushing pressure on Eli Manning, you know, just straight up, but uh, I think it'll be the writing's on the wall. It's not going to be long.
0: Right. And with the way Eli's been playing, too, if, if this guy shows enough and you never know, that's the thing with really rookies in any position, but especially quarterbacks it takes a little while and they have to prove that they're not going to fall flat on their face. There's no reason that you throw a guy in who's not going to be ready because that's going to hurt everybody. But if he shows that he's like, OK, I can handle this, I can handle the pressure, I can run whatever offense you've got for me out there, um, even if you have to simplify things, that makes it a lot easier for when the Giants say, you know what, it's time to go to the new quarterback. And so great start for Daniel Jones. And uh, what do you think about the other side of the ball with Sam Darnold and the Jets? Did he show you anything? Was there enough to uh, make any conclusions on what he's looking like in year two?
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, I thought he looked really good in this one. Um, I think Crowder was uh, showed that he's probably going to be a featured player, much what like Landry was for Gase in, in Miami. Um, I thought Darnold looked great. I thought he ended last season great and extended it to his first series here. Um, I have high hopes for this passing game. I mean, I'm high on you know Anderson as well. They didn't have Lev Bell involved. And uh, we should say this now. I mean, so many of these preseason games, there was a real wealth of talent watching. <laughs> you know, So, <laughs> yeah. first of all, let's not overreact. You know, we were talking about Daniel Jones. He's throwing to Cody Lattimore and Benny Fowler. You know, I mean. But I like the way both these quarterbacks played in the big actual rivalry here.
0: A couple things caught my eye in those Thursday games. I guess we got to go to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. I mean, he was like a knife through butter in that opening 89-yard drive versus Washington, capping it off with a, a dime touchdown throw to Rashard Higgins. Rashard Higgins looking uh, pretty sharp himself. And when you consider the weapons Baker Mayfield has with Odell and Jarvis Landry, and I like Richard Higgins. I've liked him since Colorado State. They've got Callaway with some speed out there as well. They've got weapons on offense to help out the young quarterback, and he played so well as a rookie. I can see why the hype is there. Still want to see him perform for 16 games like that, but man, when, when that thing is rolling and when he's playing with confidence, it looks easy.
1: Yeah, it does. He's so accurate. He's so crisp with his reads and getting it out on time. The accuracy makes up for everything. It makes it for people around him so much better. Um. yeah, he looked great. I mean, he looked ab- absolutely great. Hilliard looks like he's going to be the new Duke Johnson, but I bet not as big a role because Nick Chubb also caught a ball or had a reception or two. Um, I think he's a little bit of an untapped potential as a receiver and his numbers in the passing game should spike with Johnson leaving, but Hilliard is a nice uh, fill in for Johnson. And I didn't realize when we talked last that they're in line to get a third-round pick if, I think, Johnson plays 10 games. That, that's a lot of compensation. Nice, nice work, Brownies. Um, and then Higgins, uh, Callaway is suspended to start the season. Very up and down, but very dynamic when right. Higgins is a lot more the slot guy, the reliable dude, and he looks like he's stepping up in a big way. But I think, unfortunately for him, Jarvis Landry kind of has that that situation you know, set up.
0: Yeah, Landry has that slot. Thing locked down for sure, and uh, uh, when you're looking at the the Browns and that Washington contest, there was a couple of young players that stood out, and I, I made some notes here of some, especially some rookies, and that's the funnest thing is to to track those rookies. For the Cleveland Browns, it was Mac Wilson, fifth round linebacker, yeah. so natural in coverage. He made a couple of interceptions. He took one to the house. But the pick six, I think, wasn't even as impressive as his other interception where he was in uh, hook zone and he drifted back and just reading the quarterback's eyes, just so natural in coverage and instinctive. And I mean, this guy went to Alabama. He wasn't under the radar, big and athletic. He was being talked about as a first round talent for a while. I was blown away when he was still on the board in round five and the Browns were able to select a, a modern day linebacker who can cover and has size to go along with it and speed.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because he's one of my ascending players for sure for that article that's coming up. Um, I thought he'd be a second-round pick. You know, like, again, there was so much linebacker talk here in Pittsburgh. Well, if they don't get Bush or White, I mean, would they take Wilson in the second round? I'd be like, yeah, they'd be perfectly fine with that. He was a little inconsistent at his time at Bama, but you can see why he was heavily, heavily recruited. He's long. He's athletic. He has, and this is true even for those Alabama tape, superb ball skills. and really good range in the passing game. Um, I think the Browns are going to be really happy with him and I know Peppers isn't the same player but he's gone. The linebackers with side Schobert aren't wonderful. There's a, the, the middle of the field could use a rangy cover guy like Wilson. Two picks in this game including a pick 6 at Haskins. I thought Haskins looked pretty good too. But uh, you know this is this could be a real find. This could I'm not saying he's Darius Leonard of this year. But as fifth-round linebackers go, I can see Wilson having a big impact.
0: And one more quick note before we uh, take a break here. Jimmy Moreland, seventh-round cornerback for Washington. Undersized guy, but he plays big. He had such a great career at James Madison and showed up throughout the bowl circuit at the end of the season, the All-Star Game circuit. And he had maybe the series of the of the night. He broke up two red zone passes, then forced a fumble on the next play, sticking his head in against the run. He's not a big cornerback and single-handedly erased six points from the Browns' scoreboard. So a uh, stock up, I think, for Jimmy Moreland. He's playing early in that game, too, as a seventh-rounder.
1: Yeah, I don't know a ton about him, but there was a little buzz after they picked him up that he should have gone earlier. And the little I did know about him, I expected him to be a fourth or fifth-round pick. So maybe they got two value defenders on the third day.
0: All right, more Locked On NFL coming up, breaking down all of the other standout performances from week one of the preseason action.
1: Dudes, remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Um... Now, this isn't just for guys that can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra functionality to enhance their performance in the bedroom. That's all of you. Blue Chew is prescribed online. Ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is LOCKEDON. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast.
0: Okay, the (laughs) the saga is going in Oakland. I think we have to talk about... The Oakland Raiders, Antonio Brown, and we probably got to get uh, our guy Q on the show, who's the host of Locked On Raiders at some point, maybe even this week, to break down the craziness that hopefully, and hopefully we'll really get to see that peek behind the curtain on hard knocks, and they won't um, they won't keep viewers from the weirdness that is Antonio Brown and whatever's going on over there in Oakland.
1: And, of course, this overlaps to my, I, don't, I hate to keep harping on the Steelers, but, I mean, there's an obvious overlap there. It's right. insane. This 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 helmet thing is bonkers. And <laughs> uh, on my Steeler show, we kind of went through all the the timeline from Michael Silver, who's really dialed in in your area of the country, and he kind of you know just did tweet after tweet of this whole AB saga. And one of them, there's two really bonkers things. Is first of all, he's, he's not ready to. Um, he's, he's willing to lose playing time, or at least he says for a helmet. And I guess the Raiders gave him or sent him every helmet that you're allowed to wear. You know, they overnight him to his house and here, try these all on. I don't like any of them. Who knows who even tried them on? <laughs> and then he keeps trying to sneak into practice with his old one. And then he's tried to sneak into practice with one that he had painted that didn't look like the other Raider helmets. Oh. Like he did his best job to paint the Raider helmet, but he's not going to do it exactly. And what's crazy too is he blames the team. I mean, this is an NFL rule. It didn't matter what team you're on. You're not allowed to wear the certain helmet, A B. Get over it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Crazy. You can't
0: make it up. If this was in a movie, you'd be like, This is the most unrealistic football movie I've ever right. seen. Nobody would ever do this. It's crazy. He's yeah, he's bonkers and I don't and I wonder if he doesn't really care. He's just screwing around and and he'll show up and he'll play and he'll ball out week one, but It's just weird, it's probably not worth the headache, and I think you have an absolute window into why he's not a Pittsburgh Steeler anymore.
1: Right, and in the end, only one team truly was putting a legitimate offer for him, and a lot of people thought, boy, the Steelers got screwed. They only got a third and a fifth. They were early in the rounds, but nobody else wanted him, and I can promise you the team I'm closest with is happy he's not here, and the harmony in the locker room and all that is much better. I wonder, I mean, does he really want to play football anymore? You know, I mean, is that what's most important to him in the world? But if by chance, you know, he doesn't, the Raiders are going to come after him for that signing bonus. It's not like he's just walks away and he wins and puts that in the bank and never, you know, never hears about it again.
0: Right. And I think that's where it all ends up is that it's like, oh yeah, I still got to collect that paycheck. So let's go. So that's, what's going to end up happening. I think he's just going to take the long road to get there, but we'll see how that ends. How about on the field for the Raiders? Raiders Rams, a preseason action week one.
1: Um, This was one that I didn't see a lot. You know, some of these games, it's hard to find a lot of takeaways, but I do think it was noteworthy that the Andre Washington, he's a guy I used to like quite a bit early in his career. He looked really good and it looked like the offense went through him to some degree. Good lateral agility, good quickness, all around player, certainly a receiver what it made me think was, boy, Josh Jacobs is going to be that guy. And he's going to be the bigger, stronger, better version, the first-round version of that. He may end up on a lot of my fantasy teams, Josh Jacobs. And I think he could be in for a real big year, too. Also interested to watch him in hard knocks. And just a quick Rams note, I mean, and this is going to be a trend with them. They don't play anybody.
0: makes it a lot more difficult when those teams aren't putting any of their starters out there. The 49ers did the same thing, sat 28 guys, most of them healthy scratches we'll get more uh, on the 49ers stuff but real quick the Thursday game that I glossed over here that I did want to talk about is uh the Jaguars Ravens and Lamar Jackson I was really interested to see how they used Jackson what he looked like and uh it was it was very similar to the Greg Roman offense in San Francisco pistol formation there was some um, I think they're going to make it easy so opening up mm-hmm. his his windows to throw you know read option play action threat of run from either Jackson or the running back on essentially every play You know, and it will be a little bit of a different look than what most defenses face every week, even though I think most coordinators have seen this at some point. So but it will force them to play sound against the run. And while slowing down the pass rush a little bit, open up some easier throwing windows for Jackson.
1: Yeah, I think that's really well said. I'm cautiously optimistic about this passing game, taking a quite big boy step forward, not being one of the best in the league, but being pretty legit. You know, you watch that game. Jackson didn't run. That was obviously scripted. You know, hey, no matter what, you don't need to run. Throw the ball. We're here to establish a passing game. And then two rookies, I thought, that were really noteworthy, Justice Hill. And I don't want to compare him to Kamara, but, you know, Ingram's there now. I think he could be a Kamara light and, you know, at least least play that role in Baltimore. Fastest, most athletic back in this draft. And then Miles Boykin was one of the fastest, most athletic wide receivers in this draft. He looked like a full-grown man out there, going up and going deep, going up and getting the football, big, powerful. So all of a sudden, this offense has an infusion of Jackson Hill, Boykin, Marquise Brown that are all highly dynamic, highly athletic, big play specialists.
0: There's a player that I know you liked from Thursday night's action with the Philadelphia Eagles in Dallas Goddard, and he's kind of blocked oh. by Zach Ertz there in Philadelphia. But uh, what did you see there from this young man?
1: He looks awesome. I mean, he looks like a Pro Bowler, he looks like a, a great player. And I, I've heard a lot of reports from camp saying everything is exactly the same that he's just shining. They have so much weaponry in Philadelphia. I mean, of course, he's not going to pass Ertz. If he was on, 27 other teams I'd say he'd be the starter I mean I think he's that type of player so you have to play more you know 12 personnel two tight end sets but then is Alshon Jeffrey going to come off the field you know like there's they have so many skilled guys they can't get them all on the field quite the problem to have
0: and a healthy wince and that Philadelphia Eagles team there's a reason why they are not locked in 100%, but I think they are headed toward that direction of being your Super Bowl pick out of the NFC, and there's a good reason why, because they are so talented, and they're so deep, and they've got young players that are starters on other teams that are backups in Philly, and uh, it's a rare commodity to have that going on in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I wrote an article recently, too, this last week, um, ranking the, te- the the teams at the very top in terms of their big men. I and mean, what I mean by that is, like, True trench guys, not Von Miller, not even J.J. Watt. I'm talking like 300-pounders, defensive tackles, and all the offensive line. And I had the Eagles number one. I mean, when you look at Cox, Jernigan, Malik Jackson, an offensive line that traded up for a first-round pick and he's not even a starter, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Peters, they're great with their big men
0: too. Real quick, I want to go to Miami. How'd you feel about Josh Rosen's debut for the Dolphins? And it seemed like he really locked in and trusted an undrafted rookie wide receiver who had quite a day. And there's a reason he went undrafted. It was not not because of talent. It was because of off-field stuff. But Preston Wilson looked good as a rookie pass catcher for Miami.
1: Yeah, and and a lot of the stuff I've read post-game were kind of rough on Rosen, but... His line's horrible, and Tunsell's really the only guy, and I thought he was under a lot of stress, and he did throw a bad interception. Um, he threw another pass to Preston Williams that could have been picked off, was a, a lot of duress, and Williams made a phenomenal uh, contorting catch to bail Rosen out. But I thought Rosen threw the football well. Um, just got to realize I mean, that he's not in a position to succeed yet again. But back to Williams, he went to Colorado. He's a taller, longer, I don't want to say A.J. Green because, I mean, he's not A.J. Green. But that kind of body type, he's going to be an outside-the-numbers dude who had some off-the-field issues, so he wasn't invited to the combine. Didn't jump great, didn't run a great 40, but he made play after play here, and he did the same thing last year at Colorado. I mean, if he would have been a clean prospect, I think he's probably a fourth-round pick. Not a lot in front of him at Miami. They're rebuilding. Just keep an eye on that guy. He made a couple big plays. You know, we're going up and getting the football. Really good ball skills.
0: Okay, more preseason breakdowns here on Locked On NFL coming up, including a couple of notes on the teams both Matt and I cover. One of the players that really just stood out instantly to me, you know when you watch a game and someone's moving differently and you're like, who's that guy? And I was thinking, who's that little linebacker number 55 for Pittsburgh? And I was like, oh, yeah, they just drafted him in the top 10 of the NFL draft, Devin Bush. Uh, I was saying he looked like the best player on the field in the first quarter, but I think there might have been some rookie mistakes he made as well.
1: Yeah, he's flying around the field. I think he had like 10 tackles in the first half. He missed one or two. Steeler fans don't want to remember those. And he looked a little lost in coverage from time to time. I thought his drops could have been deeper. And there was some nice gaps between some big gaps between the linebackers and safeties, the second and third level that better quarterbacks would have, you know, exploited. But all in all, I mean, he's the talk of the town, flying around the field, explosive, getting to the football, every snap type of, da- type of guy. Um, he's going to probably wear have the green dot. He is, you know, they trade up for him. I mean, <laughs> that's just... Um, you know what? What? What exactly they are after for him? He's passing every test with with glowing colors for sure.
0: Anything else stand out majorly to you as a guy who covers the Steelers in that game? Um, the
1: other one would have been James Washington. I actually thought I actually sent a tweet that I thought he was the best player on the field. Um, Dobbs missed him. Well, he didn't miss him. They completed it, but he was late on the throw and underthrew Washington. Otherwise, it would have been like an eighty-yard touchdown. And then Rudolph, his old teammate, came in and threw a nice back shoulder fade to him. Looked really good after the catch. Um, so I thought he was phenomenal.
0: There's a couple of young wide receivers that stood out to me on the Thursday slate. And that was, and they're both in Arizona, Trent Sherfield, second year guy. He was running with the first team mm-hmm. for Cliff Kingsbury's offense, making plays on offense and special teams for the Cards. And watching that game, I was thinking, okay, forget trying to make the team. This guy is looking like he's trying to win a starting job in a really crowded position group for the Cardinals. They've got about a dozen wide receivers. They drafted three. And speaking of their draft picks, the third of those wide receivers, Keyshawn Johnson out of Fresno State, I think looked the best. And and he was also in early in the first quarter ahead of Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, and there's been a lot of talk about Johnson that he is of those young guys He seems to be the one in camp that's acclimating the best. Um, They have a lot of slot-type dudes, Um, so he's somebody to keep an eye on for sure. They're going to live in four receiver sets. I would think they're going to keep seven or eight wide receivers on the the roster, so um, a lot of these young guys are going to have a lot of opportunity.
0: Cincinnati, Kansas City. Uh, I mean, (laughs) the, the league MVP... He's got a cannon arm. He definitely didn't lose that over the course of the offseason.
1: No, um, I, I missed that first series, but it sounded like, I mean, Twitter's just like, well, Mahomes is fine. Um, the one thing I did note from there, though, was Miko Hardman. Um, I was very impressed with his end around, and he also, you know, they, 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 that jet motion, but more, he, he just, he put his uh, foot in the ground and got up field, scored a touchdown there. Really impressive doing so. Uh, Drew drew some past interference calls. I don't want to compare him to Tyreek Hill, but that's why they drafted him, not knowing that Tyreek Hill was gonna be ready. I um, and another rookie too, Darwin Thompson. I mean, Damian Williams has been in the doghouse. I think Carlos Hyde pretty much is who he is, although I think he's a little underrated. Darwin Thompson showed a lot more power than I originally thought. it doesn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if Thompson ends up being the lead back at some point for Kansas City. And it's amazing. They have more t- weapons now than they did last year.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, and I, I, as far as fantasy football goes, I don't I'm kind of staying away from the the running game there in Kansas City cuz uh, like you said, they they've got a lot of guys who are good and I don't know who's going to end up being the guy and I don't want to pay the price for Damian Williams if he ends up, you know, in a committee or ends up not being the guy later in the season. So I'm avoiding that, but the passing game is just dynamic as heck. And so, uh, I i mean, there's no reason not to expect huge things again from that offense and Pat Mahomes in particular.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're in a draft now, just throw a late dart at, at Thompson and maybe you'll be thanking me a lot later.
0: Speaking of darts, uh, I like Matt Breida for the 49ers is that late round dart at running back. He sat along with all of the 49ers running backs and it looks like uh, Jarek McKinnon might go into IR to start the season, still having some knee pain in his surg- surgically repaired ACL. Tevin Coleman also sat. Every starter on the 49ers team statics, sat except for Dante Pettis at wide receiver, and he had zero catches for zero yards, and then uh, Kelly Witherspoon at cornerback, and those are a couple of young players that the 49ers are trying to light a fire under, and, and Shanahan said he still wants to see Pettis compete, and he's going to have to compete with some rookies who— made some plays in that game. Both Debo Samuel, second round wide receiver, and Jalen Hurd, third round wide receiver, showed up. Jalen Hurd had two touchdowns in that game for the 49ers.
1: Yeah, it looked like Hurd. Hurd's really interesting. I mean, if people that aren't familiar with Hurd, uh, running back, receiver, blend. I mean, I think he's going to be a big slot when it's all said and done, but also might have some quarter L Patterson you know, type of attributes to him. Maybe he gets some goal line carries here and there, um, but I get, he had a nice game for sure. And one other niner I wanted to throw out to you, too, was Sheldon Day. You know, he doesn't look like DeForest Buckner or Eric Armstead, these power forward types. He's kind of a bowling ball of butcher dives. I thought he had showed up big, too.
0: Yeah, and he got a chance to start in that game because they were sitting their entire defensive line. And the 49ers, unfortunately for Day, have five first round off yeah, right. the defensive linemen to uh, jump in in front of him and play. So I don't know how much playing time Day's going to get at three technique. And, and when you're backing up DeForest Buckner, I, I don't know if there's any defensive lineman in the league that's played a higher percentage of snaps than DeForest Buckner. Maybe they will try to rest him a little bit more this year because there's so much depth on that defensive line. But I like Day. And even with that second and third unit defensive line in the game, they looked pretty good. And they had to take on the, the actual ones because Dallas is one of those teams that actually put their starters out there to start the game. So And they held up well. So that 49ers defensive line is absolutely going to be the strength of that football team. What about the other side, the Dallas Cowboys? Anybody standing out to you over there?
1: I think most importantly, you mentioned the line of scrimmage. Travis Frederick was back at center. You know, like a long road back and autoimmune disease last year kept him out of football. I watched him, he only played one series. He looked fine. I mean, it wasn't, a, it was only played, what, four or five plays, something like that. Um, so I thought that was noteworthy. Um, I also wrote up uh, Chadobia Wouzier as yeah. somebody that might be on the cusp of being almost like a Pro Bowl-level guy. I mean, I, I've liked him every step of the way. He was flying around the field. I guess that's been the the reports out of camp, too, that he's really stepping up. That's good news. I mean, that, that Cowboy defense is interesting because it's like all homegrown, drafted talent, and they all seem to be growing in growing up together.
0: Yeah, they drafted so well on that side of the ball. They're well-coached. They've got some very big, tough, physical corners and defensive backs there. And they're being coached up by the ex-Legion of Boom coach and uh, Chris Richard, who's, uh, I think, one of the up-and-coming coaches around the league. We're going to see him either be a coordinator or a head coach very soon. They're coached up well. They, they, we saw them tackling very well against the 49ers in that first week. So a uh, big physical and defense and great offensive line there. Tyron Smith was on the field and he was pancaking guys. So it's good to see him back. And he's one of the best offensive tackles in the league when he's healthy. So all good things. Get Zeke in there for Dallas and they can make a run too.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I think the passing game's a little better. So we'll see. Again, really well coached on defense. You mentioned Rashard. He may be a head coach next year too.
0: Right, exactly. You know, uh, Michael Gallup, second year wide receiver too. I like him to take a big step up for uh, Dallas. And he made a couple plays in that first preseason game.
1: Yeah, good one. Good call there.
0: All right, we're out of time here, Matt. Always uh, fun to go through these games with you. It's going to be fun throughout the season to break this stuff down for you every week. We're going to use the power of the network as well and bring on some guests and some hosts from the specific shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, and we'll probably have some somebody for you this week to get a little bit more in-depth on yeah. some of these teams. Matt, good stuff. I will talk to you tomorrow on a Twitter Tuesday. People don't forget to get those questions in. You can tag me at BD Peacock, tag Matt at Williamson NFL, and Matt will throw a tweet out there for you to respond to as well. Absolutely. Good stuff. Talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked on NFL.